What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome back to our creator spotlight. Today we have from Breacher Report, the doctor, Chris Mueller. Chris, are you actually a doctor? Uh, no, I, I like to preface that in my profile on Twitter by saying I'm not a doctor. I just play one in my head. <laughs> it's like, uh, um, y'all see the Tiger King? Yes. The document, like, like Dr. Antle. I was like, this guy's oh, doctor. yeah, Dr. Antle. Like, you yeah. know, or, uh, or uh, Dr. Mantis Toboggan. That's my favorite doctor from, from all these <laughs> Why yeah. why why did you pick Doctor? Like why did you why did you go with this? This is the, the most important scoop we're gonna get this entire interview is why you decided to go with the doctor nickname. I did tell this story on Twitter a few years ago. When I was like seven, uh there was this girl who moved into my neighborhood, a uh, Polish girl, and barely spoke any English, and she'd somehow made friends with another one of the girls in the neighborhood, and so we were all hanging out and doing something, climbing a tree or whatever. And uh, she fell and busted up her knee real bad. And her parents were like at work. She was kind of like a latchkey kid that was just <laughs> roaming the neighborhood. And so I actually like knew a little first aid. So I cleaned her up and <laughs> like bandaged her up. And from that point forward, she started calling me Doctoro, which was her way of saying doctor in her weird accent. And um, I don't know why, like years later, it just like popped back up and I was like, I'm just going to use this for bleacher report again. <laughs> oh, it's cause I, it's cause I ran into her like 15 years later in college and she recognized me and I hadn't seen her since we were like eight years old. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So, so the nickname started when you were eight years old, as you were saved a little Polish girl's knee from, you know, potential disaster. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. Uh, yeah, her, her parents. Her parents were like super thankful and came over and like told my parents they were really proud of me for helping their daughter. Uh, Chris, let everyone know sort of what you what you do with Bleacher Report because you do you do interviews, you do podcasts, but let everyone know your your role when it comes to Bleacher Report and in the wrestling landscape. Um, I think my official title is featured columnist. I'm not sure if we really have the titles anymore, but. Um, yeah, I basically just cover all things WWE and AEW. I do pretty much all the AEW interviews. Um, and then we have a guy, Graham Matthews. He does all our WWE interviews. Uh, although I'm sure you guys saw it. Phil just published a piece where he had some comments from AEW stars about the Who We Are album. That was a great article. I encourage everybody to go read that. Um, but yeah, you know, so I, I've been doing that for, I think, October like 21st or something was my 13-year anniversary with Bleacher Report. I couldn't believe it. Wow. That's really impressive, like, to have that kind of long- longevity in this kind of thing where people, like, jump around so often, uh, kind of like, uh, you know, company to company for, like, writers and video editors and that kind of stuff. 13 years is a long time. W- what were you doing before Bleacher Report? Uh, management and sales. I worked for, <laughs> I worked for us cellular. 
Oh, dude, I'm right here. I worked for AT and T and T Mobile before I got into all this. So I oh yeah, I, yep. I I did the AT and T and T Mobile with other companies too. I I actually I started doing cell phone stuff back in 2002 when it was Voice Stream. Yeah, when it wow. was Catherine Zeta Jones doing <laughs> all the cell phone commercials and all that. Yeah, so I spent about 12 years in the mobile phone industry, and when U.S. Cellular sold the Chicago market to sprint. We were, I was just out of a job and I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of pick up some more writing stuff, other places. And then over time I was able to kind of just focus solely on bleacher report. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I'm, I have a lot of similarities there. So I, I, I know what that, what that was like coming from like the, uh, like the high, I, I'm sure it was the same for you, like high stress metrics, uh, like just, you know, sales numbers and <clears throat> percentages and just, and, oh, yeah. yeah, and just like that world is so different to and then to transition into something you actually really, uh, really enjoy and are passionate about. That's awesome, man. I mean, I, I honestly don't think I could go back to that. It was, yeah. it was truly draining the life out of me. And I give all the credit in the world for people who do those kind of jobs for their entire life because working on, commission and never knowing like because you can be the best salesman in the world but you can't sell to people who don't walk through the door so if you're having a slow month you're having a slow month you know you're you're eating box mac and cheese every night or ramen or whatever yeah and, and you've got some dude behind you with like a clipboard like making sure you're asking all the right questions and like can you well, that optimizing your that sales? was me well no that, was, became yeah. me as well. oh, no that became me too i i know i i i, I turned to the dark side as well i i got into the management side too and then i became that guy and that's around the time that i started like trying to get out of it i was like what am i yeah. doing like this is not this isn't fun i made good money as i'm sure you did too but it's like who really cares if you like hate your life most of the week you know what i mean oh yeah i i remember uh that was actually believe it or not my first experiences really doing any writing outside of like school work in college was there i started a newsletter for our company because i didn't work directly for us cellular i worked for an agent sure. so it was it was called uh what was it cellular advantage and I had started a newsletter for the whole company that they just like had me keep going with. And that ended up like kind of just giving me a little bit of practice and learning about formatting and just all that kind of stuff. And cause I was never like, man, if I go back and read some of the stuff I had written in like high school, I'd be embarrassed, you know, like I was not somebody who ever looked at myself as a, as a potential writer until much later. Like I look at somebody like, like Jay shell, she's so young and no, already has like experience and knows what she wants to do. And man, when I was that age, I was such a screw up and you know, it's so cool to see people like that coming up in our community and everybody's, you know, supporting them and everything. It's been awesome. Uh, with the sales, we, we all did sales. I'd worked in, uh, I sold like pool tables and hot tubs, hated it, ended up getting fired, but just absolutely hated it. And, like I did writing on the side. And then once I get fired, I was like, well, I'm just going to throw myself into this writing stuff. Now, unfortunately, it uh, it worked out. Uh, Chris, tell us about one of your worst interviews you've ever done. Oh, I'm just going to have man. you bury people. Just bury some of these WWE people. 
Well, here's the thing. So for WWE, I've only ever interviewed four people. Uh, it was Rob Schamberger, their resident artist. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed him a couple times. We've done some podcasts together. He's a great guy. I love Rob. Um, I encourage everybody to go follow him just because you'll get some awesome artwork in your timeline every day. But I, uh, I talked to three people from the last season of Tough Enough. So it was Mata, Alex Freaky, who was like one of the first couple of people eliminated, and then Daria, who's now Sonia. Mm-hmm. And I would say, even though Mata was like a nice guy, he just didn't seem like he was interested in being interviewed. Even though he like was all about it when I asked him about it, it didn't seem like he thought about answers ahead of time, even though I kind of told him like what we would be talking about. But honestly, I don't think I've ever had a bad interview. Like I saw that video Sean posted with, (laughs) with Virgil. I've never had anything close to that. Like all my interviews with AEW people have been uh, like anything from just like a standard interview to a really fun conversation. Like, Ruby Soho is one of the coolest people I've talked to. Eddie Kingston was, it was just like talking to a regular dude. You know, I didn't feel like he was giving me canned prepared answers. I feel like he was just listening to the question and then answering honestly. So yeah, I've had really good experiences with my interviews. I've been fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. So I guess on the flip side, who have been, um, so you've had some of your worst and some of your best outside. Like, what about like outside of AEW and WWE? Have, have you had a chance to like, I mean, over 13 years, I'm sure you've talked to like non wrestlers or maybe other people kind of involved in wrestling. Is there any other interviews that like, really stand out to you? Uh, actually, yeah. So after I had interviewed Brian Danielson, Skylar Gray, the musician, reached out to me and was like, hey, oh. Elliot Taylor, my fiance, wrote this song. We composed it would you like to talk about it? So uh, for uh, Graham Matthews channel, WrestleRant, we ended up interviewing Elliot and then we ended up interviewing Skylar because separately she had composed and recorded the end credit song for the second Venom movie. So we were speaking to her about Venom and just music in general. But yeah, Elliot uh, and Skylar were both awesome people, really fun to talk to. Elliot is going to be dropping the full version of Brian Danielson's theme song here soon with vocals and everything. So people should definitely be on the lookout for that. He he texted me about that recently. He was He's really excited about it. Very cool. I wanted to ask you about that because I, remember I listened to that when, when I saw that it happened because you said that they talked about Danielson's interview or Danielson's song. She's like, yeah, I was hung over, got a message. Do you want to record this? Yeah. What a tremendous story. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, you can just tell that both of them are really talented musicians when you, yeah. when you listen to them talk about the process when they're like, Oh yeah. So yeah, we wanted to incorporate that flight of the Valkyries thing, but we couldn't find a recording we liked. So Skylar just went in and composed it herself in the software. And it's like, what? Like to me as a non-musical person that blows my mind, you know, like I, I have no musical ability whatsoever. So when I hear somebody be like, oh yeah, Skylar can play all these different instruments and she can just go in and, and compose a new version of this iconic song. It, it's crazy to me. 
Uh, when with your interviews, so one thing you like to do, which I always love, is the the movie reviews. And I remember, I'll say you yelled at me. You didn't actually yell at me, but when we first started, <laughs> when, when we first started talking uh, and stuff, first you called me out because I didn't uh, add the I didn't add your your authoring name. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Which that was, that was well, all right. Let's. I didn't call you out. <laughs> I know. I know. You, you handled it well. I've had people actually like call me out and be like, "Well, you didn't do this proper credit and this transcription and stuff." And like a lot of times, it's just like, "Look, this we did everything by the book and stuff." You're just an idiot. No, uh, I've but, I, I've done the same exact thing. Like it just happens sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not about to tear down another dude in my <laughs> field so yeah you know i just i i shot sean a quick message and then when you messaged me back and like you know thank me for handling it that way you know we've been sort of chatting ever since yes you you did handle it the right way of just like hey go to go to me directly go to sean and we'll, we'll get it squared away the people there are people who will go and put it on like public social media and try to like make it yeah. this big deal when it, when it's really not like, it's an oversight. Um, but one thing you again, yelled at me about was like when you interviewed sting and you asked him about, <laughs> and you're like, I thought more people were going to pick up like the thunder and paradise and the Robocop stuff. And I was like, I got you, I got you on the thunder and paradise. But you ask these wrestlers about like their, their movies, like a movie they had just watched. Like, how did that come about where you're like, Hey, what's the movie you just watched? Like review it for me. You know, I, I don't remember who it was. It might have been it might have been Chris Van Fleet. I can't remember, but I watched an interview and they asked somebody just like a completely random question that was totally unrelated to whatever they were promoting. And it ended up just leading to like a couple of minutes of just a really good conversation and good answers. And I'm like, I need to come up with something to get these people to not talk about wrestling for a minute and kind of just give fans a little bit of a peek into what their personality might be. And it's amazing when you look at these people, some of them are talking about movies you would not have thought. Like when I spoke to Adam page, the movie that he talked about was this movie called uncle Frank, which is, I highly recommend it. Cause I went and watched it after he talked about it. It's great. It's like Paul Bettany is this closeted gay man in the seventies whose father outs him in his will out of spite. 
it is this really heavy but incredibly well-told story and like you look at Adam Page and you're like, oh, that guy's going to tell you to go watch a hand or a fistful of dollars or like, you know, yeah. a cowboy movie. And he's telling me about how he was crying on an airplane watching this movie, you know, and then you have Jade Cargill talking about her love for Nightmare Before Christmas because she thinks she's a morbid person. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a really cool way to kind of peek into their personality a little bit and just see something other than the character we're presented with on television. I love that. And any other ones that come out or stick, stick out to you that you got for answers for movies? Cause that's actually, that's all, that's right up Jeremy's boat too. The whole like wrestlers, movies, crossover connection. And stuff. I, I like, like Chris is like, they do so many interviews and they're talking about wrestling in all of these interviews. And so, you know, when we interview, interview people, Jens, I'm like, what kind of music do you like listen to? What kind of movies do you, do you listen to? Or do you listen to, do you watch? Because yeah, like, give fans a peek of just, Hey, talk about this match. Talk about this wrestling stuff. Like they got plenty of wrestling stories to tell, but I feel like it, this is the case with me. And I mean, Jensen, you do the grassy dudes and stuff like mm-hmm. we don't always just want to be talking about wrestling, you know, and, and Chris, same way. Like you do, you do the Marvel podcast. Like we don't always just want to be talking about wrestling. And I imagine wrestlers kind of feel the same way as like, they talk about wrestling plenty, ask them sometimes about non-wrestling stuff. So let, let me let me re- reframe my question. If you for part A and part B, part A, if you have any others that stick out that people have brought up to you, and then part B, what is the most recent movie you watched, Chris? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, part A, um, it still cracks me up to this day that Brian Danielson put over the movie Wish Dragon, which is like some random kids movie on Netflix. Because he's like, I'm a dad. I don't watch movies anymore. And then he thought about it. He's like, actually, wait. I did really like this one movie I watched with my daughter. Um, So that one cracked me up. And as far as the last movie that I personally watched was for a podcast, I actually just recorded with Kate recently. Uh, That Thing You Do. We I went back and rewatched that for, God, probably like the 20th time in my life or something. Um, So, yeah, that was super fun. But, yeah, I do like talking to people in the wrestling space about things other than wrestling. And that's why I've tried to get a lot of different people on Graham's YouTube channel for the Marvel podcast. Cause I always hear it the same thing from people in wrestling media, whenever we bring them on, which is just like, Oh, it's going to be nice to talk about something other than wrestling. <laughs> like yeah. we just had Rafael Garcia on for the Spider-Man no way home review that we did. It was great. I know you guys have invited me on, and I don't watch any of the Marvel. <laughs> Steven, yeah, you a Marvel so, fan? You want to come on? I, I, I'm, I am not. I'm. I, it's not that I dislike it. I just haven't taken like that deep dive into like all the movies and stuff. But I saw I like the, I saw the original Iron Man and really liked it. Like I remember seeing that in theaters in college, and uh, I really, really liked the first Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy movie a lot. Um, I didn't like the second one as much, but I loved the first one. So I, 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 there's a little bit I can talk about there, but I, I don't have like the deepest, deepest knowledge on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I, I don't hold it against anybody for not liking those movies because even I recognize that they're very formulaic. You can kind of fall into these patterns of they all end with a big fight scene and a, a faceless horde of enemies that the good guys can rip through and you don't feel guilty about it. You know, it's yeah. The putty patrol. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm tight. I'm titling this interview. Chris Mueller buries the Marvel universe. Oh God. Just... No. <laughs> oh man. It's funny because I do love Marvel, but like, I'm not going to sit there and 
say anything that's not true. It's, you know, it, it can be repetitive. But I, I do think that post endgame, it's all been super interesting to me. Like WandaVision is one of the best things I've seen in years. And that's because I grew up on Nick at Night sitcoms, watching those after I was supposed to be asleep, like, you know, Lucy and Desi, Dick Van Dyke, Cheers, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I loved WandaVision. I love all that Marvel stuff. I'm, I loved Peacemaker. Oh my God. That is going to turn John Cena into even bigger star. Yeah, guy that I do my podcast with on Tuesdays, Doug, he has been raving about that show. I haven't seen it, but I probably will check that out because I hear Cena is like so, so the complete opposite on that show is like what you're used to seeing him as in like the WWE. So this sounds interesting to me. Yeah, I honestly, this season of Peacemaker, uh, it's the first season. I believe that this solidified him to me as the best pro wrestler turned actor as far as actual acting ability. Because wow. there are scenes where he cries. There are scenes where he's dancing in his underwear. There's scenes where he's having these like big arguments with his super racist father. He pulls it all off so much better than you'd ever think if you just know him from the Marine. Like, you know, I love Batista as an actor too. I think he's actually a much more skilled actor than a lot of people realize if you really pay attention to his work, but the rock is the rock in everything. Right. So out of like, those are the three big names to come out of pro wrestling and transition into acting. And I, I think Cena is at the top of the list for me now. I would say the bar is like kind of low. Cause most oh, very. Guys, <laughs> like, I mean, Piper was good. Piper was very good in, in they live, but he didn't need his like full resume. Is uh, that big? He was great and always sunny as the maniac. True, yeah, like a recurring true. Like, character on the, Yeah, yeah. Like Pi- Piper is up there. People, I don't think people forget about Piper and They Live. But and know, he was in a bunch at- of other movies too, like some smaller stuff. But I, I was looking at his filmography not that long ago, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of half these. Right. Like, like what I was getting is like nowadays people just kind of know like okay cena batista rock because they're doing these big budget films and stuff and then other people might do some stuff like john morrison has done like smaller films um you know, we've, we've reviewed a bunch of terrible did, movies did, all the did, wwe film the miz is in all the marine oh, yeah. films did kurt angles yeah stuff? kurt angle is in a bunch of bad films um for morrison like, did, did, did you watch that movie with him like wrestling a dog no, I did not see that. Oh, movie. I, oh, oh, I did I didn't because I know you were reviewing bad movies for a while. There's a movie where John Morrison like wrestles like like a terrier dog in like the main <laughs> event of like this movie. It's so bad. Anyway. This this sounds horrible. Yeah, like yeah. nowadays a bunch of wrestlers say movies are very good. Like Hogan yeah. was obviously the big first one and Hogan Triple H tried. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awful to chaperone. Blade. Um, Blade, Blade he had a very small part. Yeah, a very small part in that. Uh, yeah. like Hogan did, you know, his, he was Hulk Hogan in most of these films and it was so bad. It was, it was good type yeah. of thing when it comes to Hogan. Cena yeah, is like definitely three ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> Behind me in a mega mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cena is definitely a guy that like, I've seen most of his films and it is just very much, I right, like, he's kind of playing John Cena sort of stuff. Like it, he was good. He was very good in train wreck. I thought he was tremendous in train wreck. Um, but I, I do want to watch Peacemaker because I've heard a lot of good things about it. So to, to for you to say that, like, he's now like the best wrestler turned actor, it's pretty yeah, low bar, but also like kind of high praise. Yeah. And it, it's, 
I don't think you have to go watch the Suicide Squad movie that he was in first necessarily, but it helps because it does pick up right after that movie. So there might be a few things where you're like, oh, well, why is, you know, he in a hospital? Like (laughs) stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's all on HBO Max now. And I, I've been preaching about this ever since it came out. The opening credits to that show. Have you guys at least seen that floating Mm -hmm. around? I've not seen anything from this show. Oh, look it up. Uh, uh, just the opening credit sequence is John Cena and the entire cast dancing to a song in like a warehouse space. It's amazing. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. Awesome. Yeah, I'll check it out. All right. We have to watch Peacemaker now, Jensen. (laughs) Uh, Chris, Chris, where can the people find you at? Uh, other than on, you know, the BR app and, and bleacherreport.com, the only social I really have is Twitter. So BR underscore doctor there. And, uh, I, I pop up on other people's podcasts a lot. I'm, I'm still like gun shy about trying to ever start one myself, but, um, I was just, like I said, I was with Kate on Tom Clark's 6M podcast. And then, uh, I did Ryan Dilbert's flight of five recently and yeah. So I just tend to pop around. Chris, everyone check out his work at Bleacher Report. Follow him at BR Doctor. We appreciate you uh, joining us today, buddy. And, you know, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy all the wrestling that has come. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the interview. We'll be right back in just a What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.